0: Hello, hello, everybody. Yes, it is I, your boy, AG the Assassin, representing that Flawless Victory Gaming and Entertainment. And I would like to welcome you to the inaugural first ever Flawless Victory Wrestling Review, that FVWR. Yes, yes, this is the first of many podcasts that I will be doing. Uh, We will start. Off with just doing, you know, wrestling, man. What well, we love to watch, me and the boy, Ancient. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't be with us uh, today. Uh, you know, prior obligations and all work. <laughs> but your boy's here, AG's here, so we're gonna try to make the best of it. And we're gonna start this inaugural episode off with a recap of Monday Night Raw 12, 16, 19. Uh, So, like I said, we're going to run down every segment of the show. Uh, I did watch the full show all the way through, uh, no matter how many of these parts were aggravating and agonizing for me. Uh, So, before I start this podcast off, I want to say these opinions are my own. These opinions do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, but A.G. the Assassin. So if you have any problems with my opinions, tough. (laughs) That's all I can say, tough. These are my opinions. I'm allowed to have them. I am an American citizen, so that is my right. Thank you very much. And as we proceed, we're going to go ahead and start things off. Uh, Raw yesterday started off with a recap of Seth Rollins' Hill turn. Uh, On last week's Raw, uh, which it saw Seth Rollins essentially pleading with Kevin Owens, pleading with the audience, letting them know that he was not behind the AOP attacks. He was not working with AOP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Of course, as we all know, it turns out that he did align himself with AOP. But this was after all of the accusations, supposedly. Uh, uh they uh Kevin Owens went to the back uh Rey Mysterio handed him a lead pipe. Kevin Owens went through the back looking for AOP, looking for AOP. Finally found their van, started busting out windows. Opened the back door, found a a hooded figure, tried to grab the figure, but there was AOP waiting for him. Uh they essentially beat him down and then the hooded figure turned around, took the hood off. It turned out to be Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins said, I'm sorry, and proceeded to stomp this man's face into the concrete. My God. Then he goes out and blames the crowd, said it was their fault, and now he's aligned with AOP. So we go ahead on to uh, the actual beginning of Raw after the credits. I mean, the o- opening scene, excuse me. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out. Uh, Seth Rollins introduces the AOP as the only two men on the right side of history. Uh, talks about how he was the future uh, in NXT, how he was the future when he came to Raw. Uh, even as as uh, early as this year when he beat Brock Lesnar not once but twice for the uh, universal title that they were dubbing him the future. And he says, no, he is not the future he is the now. He is what's going to lead WWE into the next decade. Says he is a visionary. And the AOP are the enforcers of his vision. And if anybody um, doesn't have, have a problem with it, they can take it up with AOP. Uh, he then goes on to say that uh, Kevin Owens, uh, what happens to Kevin Owens was on him. Uh, and then goes on to say as well that he had a score to settle later on that night. And apologizes in advance for what he has to do very ominous words from the visionary the archetype architect Seth Rollins uh we then are we then go on to the Viking Raiders coming out the Viking Raiders uh in a match uh which kind of baffled me because. I felt as though this should have been another title match for the OC, but they made it a non-title match. I was very upset with that uh, because the match itself was very, very great. Uh, You had the Viking Raiders starting off real strong. Uh, Multiple tag team moves that kept Carl Anderson away from Doc Gallows. Uh, A long delayed vertical suplex from Eric on to Anderson. Uh, Anderson finally does get the tag to Doc, uh, hits Doc, takes him outside and hits him with a away slam into the barricade. <clears throat> uh, the OC continues to isolate Eric from Ivar. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um. I have, uh, Eric tried to go for this crazy backflip, uh, and almost ends up, like, breaking his neck, like, um, uh, <clears throat> I think, uh I think it was Doc Gallows going for a back suplex, but, um, uh, Eric flips out of it, but almost lands on the back of his dang on head, uh, that was a scary moment, but he recovers and gets the hot tag into Ivar, Ivar, um, Hits his uh, signature cartwheel into a lariat. uh, Follows that up with a Bronco Buster into the corner for a two count. Uh, Ivar misses the corner splash and is countered by Anderson with a neckbreaker. Doc and Anderson come in with a back suplex neckbreaker combo uh, for a two count. Uh, Ivar counters the double clothesline with a handspring back elbow. Viking Raiders with uh, double suicide dives. Uh, After the commercial break, OC is back in charge. Uh, Hits the boot of doom on Ivar for a two count. Ivar goes and makes the hot tag to Eric. Uh, Eric with a lot of heavy strikes in this hot tag. The Viking uh, Raiders, uh, they do that corner... uh, I guess you would say is an assisted um, senton of sorts, where uh, Eric picks up Ivar and just like tosses him into the guy into the corner. And I, I, that's, that's still one of the craziest things I see. Uh, Ivar goes for a moonsault, but misses the moonsault. Uh, Anderson goes and basically kicks uh, Eric off the apron. Uh, the OC pick up Ivar for the Magic Killer. One, two, three. The OC pick up yet another pinfall victory on the Viking Raiders. And I, I kind of have to sentiment. You know, even though he kind of botched the commentary, Samoa Joe, he was right in what he said. Though this should have been a title match. Uh, it was a double. It was a double count out on uh, at TLC. This should have been a title match to make up for what they did uh at TLC, which was a horrible way to end that match. Uh but the OC pick up yet another victory over the Viking Raiders, which will essentially, you know, give them another title opportunity, but should have been right then and there. But anyway. Uh go to commercial break, come back. The O C AJ Styles, Doc, and uh Doc and Anderson are all celebrating in the back. Uh AJ's praising Anderson the Gallows calling them the best tag team in the world. Yaya Yala says he's going to go out all by himself. Defeat Randy Orton and he's going to meet him in the winner's circle. <clears throat> uh, we cut to the next match, which is essentially Eric Rowan versus a yet another jobber. Eric Rowan bringing that cage out to the ring. And, you know, he has it covered up. Calls it his loved one that's in the cage. Uh, the jobber essentially just runs, uh, Eric Rowan chases after him. He goes under the ring. Eric goes and looks for him under the ring, but the jobber comes out close to the cage. The jobber thought it was a good idea to even attempt to reach for the cage. Eric went ballistic, chased after the guy. The guy tried to get over the barrier, did not get far. Eric essentially just tossed him around a couple of times, threw him back in the ring, Hit the iron claw choke slam twice and pinned them flat on his back. One, two, three. Your winner is Eric Rowan. <clears throat> uh, really want to know what's in that cage. I'm just very curious to know. I, I, I'm assuming it's something crazy. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it could be. My little pony. I, I don't know. <laughs> that would be my guess. All right. All right, we go to a backstage interview segment. Charlie Crusoe is interviewing Andrade uh, and Zelina Vega. Uh, Charlie is asking about the upcoming gauntlet match uh, for No More Contendership for the U.S. title. Uh, also informs Andrade that um, Humberto Carrillo is also in part uh, a part of this gauntlet match. And brings up the fact that uh, Humberto has defeated Andrade not once, but twice. Uh, Andrade, he gets a little bit mad. I guess he said something crazy in Spanish. Uh, I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know. Uh, And then uh, turns to Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega basically says that, hey, we're not going to take him lightly now. We know, know how to take care of him, yada, yada, yada. And they walk away. Uh, After the commercial break, we get a vignette from Liv Morgan. Uh, It's basically her talking about how people have shamed her, the way she looks, uh, this, that, and the third. And how she's going to make this big change that's going to affect her career or whatever the case may be. Uh, It was kind of creepy. Kind of creeped me out a little bit. I don't know about everybody else. But yeah, creeped me out. But anyway, next segment comes up. You got Lana and Bobby Lashley coming out to the ring. And this is this is just the... This makes me think something fishy is going on. Because Lana essentially says... And okay, for all right, for, all right, for all right. Let's rewind it back. Lana and Bobby come out. They brag about their win over Rusev in the tables match at TLC. Uh, Talk about how they're finally free of Rusev. There's no more Rusev Day. Rusev Day's dead. Yada, yada, yada. Then it gets strange because she pulls out a diamond ring from underneath her cuff, her sleeve. And said that, hey, I want you to ask me to marry you and she said all these crazy things like I give you permission to ask me and this is just how we rehearsed it, this, that, and the third. It was one of the craziest proposals I've ever seen in my my, my life and it makes me think something's going on there. There has to be some type of bigger angle that I'm not seeing. Ah, man, I, I just don't know what to make of it. I mean they, they did the proposal. They seem to be happy walking away. Uh, oh, bro, I, I don't know what to think of this. Uh, I talked with Ancient about it earlier. He seemed to be giddy about it. I don't share in his giddiness. I'm sorry. Uh, so now we cut to probably the longest match of the evening. And that's the number one contender gauntlet match. Uh, The participants were R-Truth, Ricochet, Tozawa, Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Humberto Carrillo. Uh, The match starts off with Truth and Tozawa. Uh, Truth comes out, basically says, hey, I'm going to be a double champion. And I'm going to take this champion. Both of these championships all around the world. And... Uh, how he idolized John Cena as a little kid when he's so much older than John Cena. I swear that's the probably, like, the funniest part of his whole gimmick. It's just a, like, hey, I idolized him as a little tyke in this, that, and the third. It's, it's funny to me. I I get a chuckle out of it. Uh, but, uh, Truth goes up against Tozawa first. Uh, Truth, uh, starts strong. Uh... After a while, Truth tries to attack Tozawa in the corner, but uh, runs into the post. Uh, Tozawa then hits him with a diving cannonball outside of the ring. Uh, He throws him back in, hits him with a diving drop kick. Uh, Truth hits him with a kind of like a jumping axe kick, but then Tozawa counters into a roll up. And Tozawa pinched Truth for the three count. Very quick match. Uh, and as soon as the match was over, of course, the 24-7 rules started back up. And all the goons started coming down trying to chase our truth for the title. We did that. Uh, next up for Tozawa was Ricochet. Uh, action started fast-paced. Uh, Tozawa hit two suicide dives on Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet then drop kicks Tozawa out of midair. Uh, Ricochet hits some type of, uh, I can't remember the actual name of it. It starts with an A, but it's this type of stretch to where you're, like, stretching your whole opponent's, like, abdomen section on your back. Like, you're holding, one arm is holding the head, the other arm is holding both legs, and you're basically using your back to stretch out their back. Like, it's a very weird move. But Ricochet applied this to Tozawa, then spun it out into a slam. Uh, Let's see. Tozawa then uh, counters a clothesline from Ricochet into an octopus stretch. Uh, Both then went on this little streak to where they were countering each other's moves. But the last counter ended up with Tozawa hitting... Uh, that bridging German suplex, snap, uh, snap German suplex for a two count. Uh, both exchange strikes. Tozawa missed uh, with his diamond senton. Uh, Ricochet then countered with a ripcord recoil for the three count, thusly eliminating Tozawa. Uh, next up for Ricochet was Matt Hardy uh ricochet immediately goes in for a clothesline matt hardy counters into the side effect for a two count uh matt hardy slows the action down just basically grinding ricochet uh, uh at one point hardy uh essentially takes ricochet off of the top rope uh has him into a crucifix and essentially power bombs him for a two count ricochet um uh, Later on, hits his rolling uh, front drop kick move that he does on Hardy. Uh, And then later on, Hardy hits his second side effect as Ricochet was coming off the top rope for a two count. Uh, Hardy misses with the moonsault. Ricochet hits standing shooter star press. Uh, He misses the 630 centon. Uh, but is able to roll up Matt Hardy for a three count, thusly eliminating Matt Hardy. Ah, next up is Humberto Carrillo. And honestly, this was probably the best part of this whole matchup. I mean, the two styles of these guys were freaking phenomenal. They, they meshed so well with each other. Uh, let's see. Where we go? Where we go? Uh, like I said, match starts off with a lot of quick falls. Humberto, Humberto hits this nice, uh, Spaceman moons up, uh, Plancha onto Ricochet on the outside. Uh, then he proceeds to focus on the arm of Ricochet. Uh, even at one point Ricochet going for a handspring and as he went, like, t- as he got on his hand and was, you know, flipping back onto the rope. Humberto just comes and kicks that left arm out and just just basically like messes his whole arm up like it's crazy. Uh uh A lot of strikes and big moves go between the two. Like I said, a very fast pace. Uh then for some reason Selena Vega comes out onto the ramp and just watching and smiling. Uh Herberto Uh with a nice onslaught of moves, keeping Ricochet down. Flurry of strikes from both of the wrestlers, uh, even with uh, Ricochet's patented Northern Lights uh, vertical suplex combo. Humberto with a, a springboard kick into a running Canadian story. Like, ah, oh, bro. okay. It's essentially... Uh... What what was um, Cody Rhodes called it? The beautiful disaster. The little springboard back kick that he did. And he immediately ran to the ropes and hit a running Canadian Destroyer onto Ricochet. Uh, I believe that was for a two count. Uh, Humberto hits Moonsault afterwards for the three count. A very, very great, great sequence of events that led to that moonsault uh last but not least andrade was last and just when you think zelina vega is introducing andrade andrade comes from behind umberto and attacks the living hell out of umberto carrillo uh he essentially uh hits him with the running knee strike twice in the corner uh he proceeds to t- um, pull him outside He pulls up the mat and exposes the concrete down below. And plants him with a hammerlock DDT. Uh, The gauntlet mat actually ended in a no contest. Because of this. Uh, Rey Mysterio comes down. And he basically runs off Andrade. And looks after Humberto. They go to commercial. Humberto's being carted off. Uh, but as Humberto has caught it off, who should come out there but Seth, freaking Rollins, and the AOP? We have to find out a name for these guys. Like they have to. This has to be a faction thing, and hopefully they come up with a great name soon. Hopefully. Uh, but he basically comes out there with AOP to confront Rey Mysterio. Uh, with the lead pipe in hand that. Kevin Owens tried to use on AOP last week. And remember, last week, it was Rey Mysterio that did give Kevin Owens this lead pipe. So they come out to the ring. Rey Mysterio, for some odd, strange reason, instead of running away, rolls back into the ring. I don't know why. AOP gets on the apron. He tries to attack AOP. AOP overpowers him. Uh... He again he blames Ray for KO's attack. Uh, but said he is a merciful leader, and it appeared that he was just gonna leave the lead pipe there and walk away. But then he comes back into the ring, hits Ray with a stomp, and they ended right there. Uh next is basically uh Randy Orton promo. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, it was backstage promo again with Charlie Caruso uh and Seth Rollins and she asked Seth Rollins why didn't you finish him off he said look if I, I wanted to leave him uh you know conscious and not in the hospital so that i could challenge him next week for his us title uh then we go to a cut scene and we go to the Randy Orton promo Randy Orton essentially says hey yeah you beat me at WrestleMania, but that was back when you were on SmackDown. We're on Raw now. I'm going to show you why I am superior to you uh, and see. Uh, next matchup that we have sees Asuka uh, going up against NXT's Diana Perrazzo. Now, let me say this. I'm a huge, huge Diana Perrazzo fan. For those of you who don't know who Deanna Perrazzo is, please Google her. Please YouTube her. She is phenomenal in the ring. She is a freaking, vir- again, a virtuoso. Uh, the way that she focuses in on an opponent's arm and then locks in that Fujiwara arm bar is freaking magical. Uh, having said that, she did not look like the Diana Perrazzo from the Mae Young Classic. She kind of let herself go a little bit. Uh, you could tell in her actual performance in the ring, she was very sluggish. I don't know if there's a reasoning behind that. Maybe she had a child or something like that. But it looked very not like her. And it kind of disappointed me because I felt like it could have been a way better match than it was. Uh, but uh before the bell even rings, Diana basically takes her jacket off, hits Oscar with a pump kick to the face. That basically sends uh Oscar off the deep end. Uh Asuka just hits her with a flurry of running hip attacks. Uh later on in the match, Diana. uh she actually locks in the Fujiwara armbar, uh, but Oscar counters it into a roll up for a two count. Oscar tries to lock in an armbar, but then she switches it into a knee bar. Then switches that into a STF. She holds that STF on there for a while before letting go. Uh, they exchange strikes. Oscar attempts for a spinning back fist uh Paraza counters with a flat liner. Uh Oscar um then just hits her with a flurry of heavy strikes uh and then locks in the Oscar lock for the tap out submission. Your winner Oscar. Uh we immediately cut scene to Charlie Caruso having a backstage candid interview with Becky Lynch. Uh Peggy Lynch had a something something important to say. She essentially said that she feels as though the company is trying to protect her from Asuka and that the company sees her as their new shiny thing. They see the merch sales, all this good stuff, and they don't want to mess that up. By her losing to Asuka. But she essentially says. Hey I need to face Asuka. I need to beat her. For myself. I don't care if the title's online. Whatever the case may be. I just need to face Oscar for me. Uh, so I guess we're going to set up a program. Between Asuka. And uh, Becky Lynch. Which um, begs me to wonder. What's going to happen with the tag titles now. Uh we did we did this whole thing where we didn't have any match for the women's championship. Now we're not gonna have any match for the tag titles for a good while. It's gonna suck. Uh go to commercial break, come back, uh Rey Mysterio Cuss a promo uh essentially You know, talking crap about her uh on uh, Andrade's attack on Humberto. then switches over to Seth Rollins accept uh, Seth Rollins' challenge for the U.S. title match next week. So we have that to look forward to at least. This is a uh, a first-time-ever one-on-one match between the two, so it should be a great match. Uh, fast forward, it is our main event of the evening, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. Uh, and beginning the two, um, the two trade, a lot of strikes. Uh, Randy Orton attempts an early RKO, uh, but misses. Follows uh, AJ Styles outside the ring. uh, Hits him with a back suplex onto the apron. Uh, He starts to do the whole joint stomp thing that he's um, famous for. Uh, Somehow, one way or another, AJ gets uh, out of the ring onto the platform. He goes for the phenomenal forearm, but he gets kicked off the ropes. uh, Orin goes for the draping DDT. But AJ counters into a calf crusher, which he keeps on there for a quick little second uh, before Orton gets to the ropes. He rolls outside and tries to recover a little bit, but Styles rolls back. And he's on the opposite side of the uh, of where Orton is, remind you. He goes outside and sprints, a full sprint, around the ring to hit Orton with the Baddest chop block I've ever seen in my life. I mean, good God. He hit him with such force. Now, you know, normally, if you're in a ring, you can't give us so much force behind a chop block. But he ran it. Just like how Braun Strowman does that, run around the ring and bulldozing people over, he did that to Randy Orton's knee. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Styles then proceeds to work on the knee. Uh, at one point, Orton hits AJ with a thumb to the eye, try to get a breather. Uh, Orton then hits AJ Styles with a power slam, but is unable to try for a cover. AJ, uh, gives him another chop block. Uh, AJ hits a moonsault for a two count. Orton counters, on uh, the Styles Clash, uh, and dumps him over the ropes, He basically hits the draping DDT. Uh, Somehow, one way or another, AJ Styles finds himself outside on the apron again. He attempts to go for the phenomenal forearm. Fakes it because he knows Orton is going for the RKO. Tries for it a second time, but still gets hit with the RKO Randy Orton covers one, two, three, your winner, Randy Orton. Uh after the match, the rest of the OC comes out to beat up on Randy Orton. Uh the Viking Raiders then come out and try to assist Randy Orton, uh, but they get kicked out the ring, and one of them gets a magic killer for the Troubles. So at the end of everything, as Raw goes off the air, you see the OC standing dominant. In the ring. As the one club. The only club that matters. The OC. The original. That's why I was trying to figure out the other O. The original. The only one that matters. The club. The OC. <laughs> but in a nutshell, that has been Flawless Victory Wrestling Review on Raw twelve sixteen nineteen. 16, uh, 19. I will be doing ratings for the show. It just, again, these are all my personal opinions. Uh, this no way reflects anybody else's opinion but my own. Uh, and given the whole scope of the show, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would have to give the show about a 6.5. Uh, although I did like certain parts of the gauntlet match, I felt like the gauntlet match went on too far. Uh, uh, let's see. I felt like Seth Rollins and the AOP could have ran rush shot a little bit more on Raw to assert their dominance. Maybe they'll do that next week or the week after. Who knows? Uh, and I feel as though that I kind of wanted, I wanted AJ Styles to win that match against Orton. Uh, Then again, you can't beat that damn RKO. That RKO is... The RKO and the end of days are the two most protected finishers in all of WWE. When I say protected, I mean not a lot of people kicks out of them. And in the case of the end of days, I have yet to bear witness to anybody kicking out of the end of days. Uh, If you do, please leave a comment down below and let me know when that was because I must have missed it. Uh, But, yes, that will do it for me. I very much appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thank everybody for watching. Uh, If you're not already a member of our Flawless Victory family, please make sure you go to YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you can be alerted to all the latest and greatest material from Flawless Victory Gaming and Entertainment. Please make sure you jam that like button for this and all content. And leave a comment down below. We do read our comments. We do reply to our comments. Again, this has been the Flawless Victory Wrestling Review for Monday Night Raw. Until next time, I'm your boy AG the Assassin. Peace.